I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. I've always wanted to say it like that. And welcome to the Coco Express Show for Wednesday, the 22nd of July, 2015. I am just so happy to be here. I was so excited about doing the show and having this opportunity. We have an amazing woman joining us. Her name is Katrina Walker. And she has done something that is not uncommon. Um, and she is in a category, in a group of within a group of women who are just showing us that, yes, you can. And and I, I want, there's so many things going on that I want to say, but I'm just going to tell you like this. We're just going to talk about Katrina Walker for a second until she joins us. Now, Katrina Walker is an outstanding example of how to beat the odds when they are stacked against you. An entrepreneur, philanthropist, and motivator, she took being a witness to cultural, domestic, and financial t- turmoil and converted what she learned into a motivational tool to fight victimhood. Mm-hmm. Walker went from being a struggling teen bride to a divorced mother of four to a trailblazer who has, over the past 25 years, built thriving enterprises, including a 24-hour daycare center, multiple real estate holdings, and a record label, a record label and a state-of-the-art recording studio, all while she is becoming a self-made millionaire. Now, you know, when we think of self-made millionaires, and especially women of color who are self-made millionaires, the the most notable one that that comes to mind and whose shoulders she stands on is Madam C.J. Walker. Now, Madam C.J. Walker, she was just an outstanding woman. She was a genius because she was able to take what she knew and she worked it and she she marketed, she branded, she did all that stuff. We didn't call it that. Um, she just was a bootstrapper. I believe that was a term that they probably used back at that time. She was a bootstrapper, and she did what she needed to do to make it happen for herself. Now, in my research for this particular show, I was able to look around and see what I could find in regards to women of color. Now, it's really interesting the other name that comes to mind when you talk about, you know, rich women of color, um, you you know, the one that stands out the most is Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey is another shining example. I mean, a, I mean, she's a, I guess you could say a beam of light of an example of a woman who is able to overcome certain obstacles and reach her goals to achieve her dreams. She credits her... Um, she credits her three billion 
fortune to a conversation, partly to a conversation she had. And it's really interesting that when you find yourself in this kind of situation, you are able to say that I didn't do it by myself. And when you have that kind of mindset and that mentality, you really do find that you are capable of achieving far more than your your imagination. Then we have um, the other one that I wanted to talk about was Sheila Johnson. And she's the co-founder of BET, Black Entertainment Television Network, but um, now, you know, the her former husband, her and her former husband founded that in 1980, and they sold it to, they sold BET to Viacom for $3 billion. And she took her investment, and she began managing her own investment portfolio, which consists of holdings in the national hockey team, an NBA team, a WNBA team, real estate investments, luxury resorts. And this takes a lot of, a lot of business savvy and a lot of, um, I guess you can say uh, moxie. That's the only word that I can come up with. And, you know, today in the climate that we're in today, I, I see things from, I guess, two different perspectives. I see things from the perspective of anything is possible if you work hard and if you can, tr- if you try, if you believe in yourself, if you align yourself with some really intelligent people, people who know more than you, that you can learn from, and then the other side of it is um, you really, 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 really got to trust, have faith, and believe in something other than yourself, a higher power, because the times get really rough and they're difficult, and you may not be able to withstand some of the setbacks and hurdles that you will encounter while you're on your way trying to make it happen for yourself. Now, I personally think that being um, in this kind of position, this kind of um, situation, it gives you so much leverage in so many different arenas and allows you the opportunity to affect so many lives in so many different ways. And that is the beauty of it. And that is exactly what our guest who will be joining us soon is doing. She's affecting lives in so many different ways. She has um, she has her own, um, let's see, she has already, it's Rainbow Kids Learning Center, and it's expanding into a national brand. She is, you know, also a motivational life coach. And for for anyone who's looking for a motivational coach mm. in their life, I think that having someone who has overcome several different obstacles is the best kind of coach you could ever imagine having. And that in itself will help you understand because a lot of times I think she's joining us now. So please, um, I'm going to stop chatting and we're just going to get into this conversation because she's amazing and I want to use up all the time I can with her. Hello, Miss Walker. Hi, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you. Thank. Well, I'm just so honored to have you on the show and I thank you. And and I'm honored to be here. I'm sorry. Um, I did, your name again? I'm so sorry. Aurelia. Aurelia, the beautiful name. I love that. Thank, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you You're so welcome. much. You're beautiful. Aurelia. Yes. Well, I, I don't want to talk too much about myself because you are such a phenomenal, amazing woman, and oh, I just want to be oh able to. Oh, my God. 
Yes, thank you, yes. thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for the compliment. I really appreciate that. Yes, yes, and it mm-hmm. is God's gift to us, you. <laughs> thank you so much, Amelia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you. Yes. So now you have a beginning, a start, and like all people start somewhere. Tell us how you started. Okay, start is clear. Where do you want me to begin? I, I just think Ooh. from the beginning. You yes, know, from the beginning. From the time that my mother, my mother drove up, the story that I heard, okay, mm-hmm. I was born in Akron, Ohio, and my mother, of course, we're from Memphis, Tennessee. She left going to the store in Memphis, Tennessee, stayed gone, for over a year, came back, pulled somebody pulled up in a car with her in it with the little baby, the arm baby. The arm baby was me. I have a sister that's five and a half years older than I. She's standing at the car, and my mama say to her, huh, take her. So that's how it all began. Gone over a year, and I had two younger siblings that my mother left again, came back with a little baby, and I was raised in Memphis. And I just remember my mother being gone most of the time. I don't, I don't remember seeing her a lot. And if you remember, I'm saying that my sister is five and a half years older than I. My brother that got killed at the age of 31, he got killed. But he was, he was uh, eight years older than I. So I had two older, a sister and a brother. So that was the beginning of Katrina Walker. Okay. From there... As it progressed on, uh, as before I could remember just being, say, at the age of five, I, I just remember being different, just different in a sense to say that, you know, I would look at things and I would, I would look at things and I would know in my mind that things could be better. Even at the age of five when everybody else was playing, people was calling me, Children my age and people older was calling me Mama Trina. And it's always been that way for me. I've always been at five years old, then graduating up to, like, say, about eight years old. I was out, you know, when my mother was leaving me a quarter on the dresser. And when she'd leave, I was so little and short, I would tippy-toe up, wake up, run to her chest of drawer, tippy-toe up to get the quarter, wake up my crew, which was my sisters, and whoever spent the night, <laughs> Wake them up and tell them, hey, get up. We got to go. We got to go. We got to do this. We got to work. So I get them up and get my crew together. We get all the bottles together, and we take them up to the store. So at that time, I was forming a business. From there, I would make the money, pay everybody, and this is at the age of about eight. At about 10, I graduated from that to ironing sheets. I would iron sheets and get a dollar per sheet. From there, I graduated. I was always working, always figuring something out. At a young age, at 14, I talked a little diner into letting me run the night shift. I mm. ran the night shift all by myself at this little coffee shop. Had people coming in. I was a cashier. I was a little waitress. I cooked. They came in, and they loved my pancakes. But that was at the age of 14. I graduated on up. At about 16, I started working. They built a Hyde Regency in Memphis, and I worked there as a salad girl. So I, I bought my first car. You know, from there, I bought the car. I sold it. I got ready at about 17 or 18. I moved to Houston, Texas. I did my own paperwork. I transferred my job from Memphis to Houston as a waitress. And when I transferred my job, I was off to college. 
it's just my life has been amazing. When I want, when I went off to Houston, Texas, I was making over a hundred and some bucks a day until I got homesick. And then I got homesick. My mother was living, my grandmother was living, our family was there, my brother was living. They're all deceased now. But at the time, you know, I was missing them. And my boyfriend, he asked me to marry him. That's where I came back to Memphis, and that's where the drama started. As a teenage woman getting married, becoming a mother immediately, having two small children, the abuse started. The husband started not coming in, letting daylight hit him, running me. I just remember I always looked like I was running from him, you know, mm-hmm. from the abuse of trying to raise my children, you know, uh, the mental, the domestic abuse. And I just remember one particular incident where I ended up running down the hall because he was after me and him kicking the door in. And I'm grabbing, before he kicked the door in, I grabbed my two little children. They're very young. Throw my little son up on the bunk bed, throw my daughter up on the top bunk bed. I get on the bottom bunk bed and I hear the door crashing in and I hear my little boy. He's just a baby. He's only three years old and he hollers, Mama Duck! And the iron comes flying past my head and it goes into the wall. You know, so that was my life. And this person just pulled me completely down until we got to the point that we were homeless. You know, if a, if a penny came in, he took a nipple, meaning he's always just mismanaging and spending on women and just out in the streets and gambling and God knows what he was doing, but me and my children, we were without. And that's where it just, I mean, just, I just lived, just looked like it was just, this is not supposed to be my life. You know, we're in a van, a 15-passenger van with no seats, pretending to visit somebody all the time. We don't have nowhere to stay, you know, and my children are without. So you you get to the point that you say, I'm not supposed to be like this. This is not how my life is supposed to be. So I learned to move that garbage, that baggage out of my way, you know, and that's where it came into making good choices and better choices with my life. When I looked at my youngest child, I had four children then, but then I got four babies. And I look at my little baby and I say, you know, when I'm sleeping on somebody's floor and I take my little girl to the restroom to try to clean her up and a roach is crawling up my baby and I slap the roach off and I say, it's not supposed to be this way. I got to figure out something. So I move this garbage, this baggage out of my way. And I went from homeless to making excellent decisions and knowing my children, I'm not going to keep dreaming and thinking that they can be in a coffee cup at Disney World. It won't never happen as long as I live this life with these people. You know, I, I can do better. God didn't intend for my life to be like this. I can do better. And that's what I did. That's when I came up with a plan. And from that day forward, I came up with a blueprint. I came up with a plan to make my life better and my children's life first better. I put God first, and I went to work. That is amazing. That is really amazing because there are so many women out here who have been in your situation. Absolutely, yes. And it doesn't have to be that way. It don't. So how did you make your first step towards making that change, what was the first thing that you did that made that physical and, and not the emotional change, but the physical change to to going in the direction you know you belonged in? I, I, I got a job. I got a job. I worked at a Federal Express. It was a young company. 
And what I did was I know that you have to crawl before you walk. I remember when I went there to work, I'd never been too good for nothing, okay? I had to start somewhere. This is a 10-year company with excellent benefits. So what I did was I went there through a, through a temporary service. I always had the right attitude. People always like me. And I tell people to this day, personality is everything. That's whether you go to a Chick-fil-A and they treat you like platinum or gold or whether you spend your money at, at I don't know, I would say any, anywhere, McDonald's, you know, and mm-hmm. they treat you like crap. So one thing that I, when they came up and I went, I started as a temporary. And you know what? The lady really liked me that I worked for. So when I went in there to work, they posted, they said, well, we're going to hire some people. I heard it. We're going to hire some people to make them permanent employees. I hadn't been there long. And I just remember, I'll never in my life as long as I live remember that some of the ladies that worked there, you know, dressed really pretty. And I wore what I could because I had to take my money and put it toward my babies, okay? So I remember hearing this girl say, you know, because everybody was trying to apply for the job and they were going to only hire like 10 people out of 80 interviews. And I remember two girls sitting at a table saying, I sure hope, one of them said, I sure hope, told the other, she gets that job so she can buy herself some clothes. And it kind of hurt my feelings a little. I didn't say anything. You know, I went ahead, I applied for the job. And I did everything I could for that interview. I just knew I was going to, I just knew I'm going to get the job. But anyway, to make a long story short, God blessed me. I went in there, and it was ten people that was going to get the job. Two of them were ladies that got it. It was me and another girl that got it. And I got the job. When I worked there, I learned how to manage my money. After moving this baggage, I knew that. I learned everything I could at that company. And during that time, by being such a young company, Fred Smith, the owner, would actually be there at the company. And one thing they stressed, I took advantage of the education that they would teach us, and that was customer service. And you know what? I always kept that with me. And they post jobs for upward mobility in the company. But I always thought about it. I said, you know what? I don't want to retire here. I want to start my own business, you know? And that's when I started managing my money. I started putting my money to the side, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take advantage of this. It's, you know, a lot of people knew that I was such a good mother. A lot of young mothers loved me, and we were having children around the same time. I said, why don't I just start keeping some children? And I posted an ad. I marketed it. I posted an ad at Federal Express. I went around. That was back in the day and put out. I did whatever was necessary. But I started from the bottom. I saw three little rooms at first to lease. And then I saw the vision bigger. I said, no, I'm going to get this whole thing. And that's why I said, no one understands your dream. I already saw that I was going to pack this building. And you know what? I did. I did. People started talking to me. They started coming to me. And then I decided to do something different. I was going to take it a step further. I said, you know what? I'm going to run this thing 24 hours. I said, people don't, everybody don't work nine to five. I said, there are people that work in warehouses. They work in hubs. We got nurses. We got all kinds of people that need good child care where they can bring their children in and know that their children are safe, they're loved, they're learning, they're healthy, and they're eating nutritious meals. And I always made sure that they knew my motto was 
where parents and children are important. So before I knew it, it was booming. It was just packed. I had a goal. I said, well, I'm going to make my first $5,000. But you know what? That $5,000 was $20,000. And it just kept growing where I had nothing but a waiting list. And it just kept, kept growing. But I kept working step by step in the beginning, in the beginning, writing it down one day at a time, brick by brick. But I never stopped working and I didn't give up on that vision, that dream that I saw, that I knew could happen. And I looked at my babies and said, no, they're not going to be hungry no more. We're not going to be homeless no more. If you all want a hamburger, I'm going to be able to give my children a hamburger, you know, because that's just the way God intended for me to be. I'm going to work my butt off. Nothing's going to fall out the sky, but I'm going to get out here. As long as I got a brain, I can make it happen. And I did. I had, and, and that's why I have the blueprint to know that if I can do it, other people can do it. I can show them how. I thought positive. I knew what I could do, and I did it. Wow, that is amazing. And um, it, it's I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I would love to tell you more and the world. I want people to know they don't have to be in bad situations. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be, you know. I mean, they just, my thing is what I try to let people know is you just have to change your thinking. And number one, you got to get all this baggage out your way, you know. All these mm-hmm. people, they're not supposed to believe in your dream, but if they're pulling you down, you can't keep that around, you know, because of the bad advice that I was getting, you know, like, I mean, even people saying, you know, stay, you know, stay with stayed and I stayed and I stayed and if I had stayed I would I know and I really feel in my heart rather that I wouldn't be here talking now you know with irons mm-hmm. flying past my head mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't be above ground you know Understood. if I had stayed in that bad bad horrible horrible situation now what can you tell women who are in that situation because I know it's difficult to not know what to do who to go to you know, it's it. What advice can you give to women who are are stuck in situations that they feel they have no control over? I feel like that women, especially, you know, if fighting is is involved, it, they got to figure out a way to get to a safe place. Number one, you know, they got to get away. You know, if somebody's fighting them, they have to get away. They have to because you know you just don't know. You know, if you're going to end up. You know, not living, and, and nothing's worth your life, and love don't hurt. So to be in that situation, you've got to know that you've got to get to a safe place, and it is a better place. You've got to come up with a plan. You've got to come up with a plan. You've got to tell somebody, and you've got somebody that you can trust, and you've got to come up with a plan. And I promise you, it'll work. You know, you got to – another thing, too, people got to learn how to put something to the side, you know. Mm-hmm. If they're in that – horrible situation like that where this man or say a woman because sometimes it works both ways there's men that are actually abused you know and they got to figure out a way they got to get away from that they you cannot stay that's number one you cannot stay if somebody is reaching their hand back or doing something to hurt you because nobody loves you you don't love me if you reach your hand back to hit me you don't love me if you're mentally abusing me. My mind ain't going to be no good for nothing. So, you, yeah, I tell people, you've got to go. You've got to get away. You've got to get to a safe place. You've got to get to someone you trust. You've got to put it on paper. You cannot stay in a bad situation. You can't. 
Not if there, if it comes to that point that it's fighting involved, that you just don't confuse, you know, that mm-hmm. your life is horrible, you're just living in hell. You cannot stay in that situation. And and like I say, you know, I've seen it, and, and, and I wanted to leave it to Beaver. That's an old show that came on. I wish I could have been June Cleaver, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it wasn't the case with my mother mm-hmm. either, you know, because my sister's father, my, my, my oldest sister that I spoke about, she saw my sister's father come down in my mama's face while she was asleep with his boot on. And when she mm-hmm. told me that, which I knew and the things that I saw, but I never thought that it would have happened to me, but it did. So you got to get away. You have to. Okay. Now, once you get away, how do you begin again? You crawl before you walk. Mm-hmm. And know that God is a good God. You always keep him first, but know that it's not going to fall out the sky. You got to get out there and you got to work that thing. You got to come up with a plan. All of us have a DNA. Every one of us on this earth have a DNA. I may be good at something, and you may be good at something else. But everyone has a DNA, and they have something that they're good at. So even with that being said, of course, don't quit your job. Before I left Federal Express, my thing was to give them a notice, a letter, and let them know. What happens if something happens that I have to go back there? You don't just quit your job without a plan. I started making sure that money was coming in somewhere else. Okay, that is really good to know. Now, you were able to build this amazing child care facility, and it started to grow and thrive. What happens when you start building? Do you just stick with that one and leave all your eggs in that basket, or do you start looking at other things to get involved in? What did yes, you do? Absolutely. 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 Number one, when I started off, remember I spoke about the three rooms and I mm-hmm. rented, I started from the bottom. I left I left Federal Express but I left them in good standing. But I made sure that I did have some money coming in. Enough money that I knew how to manage my money. I didn't go out and go buy no big fancy cars to begin with. You know? I was smart with my money. You know, I invested my money in the right areas. So what I did was, even with me leasing, and it got to the point that I had to have a waiting list, in the back of my mind, I always thought about I needed to do something different. So I was making money. I went and got me some more property. I started investing in land, and I wanted to build a facility. I called the children my babies. I wanted to have a child-friendly daycare that I picked out everything in there, from the colors of the floors to the small toilets and the hand sinks, everything little bitty for my babies and a full kitchen, you know. So there I wanted a second location. From there I started buying property. From there I saw other investments. I started buying more property. My vision was to go ahead and do a development. From there, you know, I said, well, you know what? Let me go ahead and invest in a music business. I did that. So, you know, I started putting, yes, not my eggs in one basket, because if something happened with one thing, I had to start off like that. But as it grew, I knew that I made other investments. So I didn't ever want to go back to that place that I was years ago and not have nothing. So, yes, I did make good investments that I checked into. I did my research on. I bought property, which was doing so good then, and I made sure that I put my eggs in the correct basket. Like, again, I did my homework. From there, I bought a music studio. 
And from there, just one thing after another, just blossoming, blossoming, you know, blossoming. Okay. How do you maintain all of this? Because, you know, if someone goes out and they, they start off one thing, now you said you managed your money very well, you've made the investments. Do you have a really good team of advisors that help you make some of these decisions? You know what, to be honest with you, I invested when I did the music, but I had, uh, as far as a team of people, I had people that actually, when I went to build my second daycare center, the contractor actually stole from me. You know, he was building a building without a license. So God placed the right person in my life. I met a gentleman. He's not living now. We became friends. And I came to, I went to him and I asked him about doing my electrical. And I told him, I said, you do my electrical, will you let me use your contractor's license? I'll allow you to do my electrical if you let me use your contractor's license. And he allowed me to use his contractor's license. There, that way I was able to build my building. But, yes, I had good people that I met. For instance, that gentleman that came to me. I say from nowhere, but I say from the good, I say from somewhere, from the good north. And I was able to work with him, but I was able to make sure I placed the right people in my path. Not the wrong people. I made no more bad choices with people. And if I thought it was a bad choice, I didn't deal with it. And like the contractor was a bad choice, mm-hmm. you know, because I have the proper license. But I knew to go in and go ahead and move this person out of my way, go ahead and build this building because I can do this myself. And I did. I built the building myself free and clear. Didn't owe anybody anything. I owned it right out. No more, no notes. It belonged to me. Wow. What I'm saying is that a lot of times we can do things, we just don't know, you know, the magnitude of the things that we can do ourselves. You know, we just need to give ourselves a lot more credit because we don't know until we just, in other words, step out there on faith, you know, and work hard, you know, work hard. And again, like I said, write it down, put it on paper, you know, and I did it brick by brick. Brick by brick until I built this building outright free and clear. So, when you have, for example, now you have this building and you have the other entities, do you use the other entities as a, a means to get more business activities and involvements, or do you just let them stay as they are? No. I use, I, I'm always continuing to grow like now you know i just formed a foundation called the b blind eye because Mm -hmm. i feel so many times people see things but then they don't you know in other words if their life is good they go on about their business their own life you know but you see this woman with this black eye but you don't see her you know she's being beat but sometimes it ain't even always about the money you just never know you can give somebody a kind word you know and that's what blind eye is you know just helping Others not being a blind eye, be the difference. You know, you see this these people right now. You know what I'm doing. I want to help people. I see people often that look like the mental the mental state of mind. You know, walking down the street and they're just so confused. You know, from drug and alcohol abuse. And I've had that to happen with me with people in my family that are no longer living now. And my thing is, right now everybody can't afford the Betty Ford Center. And there's so many people walking around. And, of course, you see that, man, you can't save the world, of course. But at the end of the day, when I lay down, I, I want to 
know that I've helped somebody, pray that I've helped someone. So when you see that man or that woman with that cup, you know, I mean, don't have a blind eye. Don't go home and eat your steak and potato and just forget about. It's somebody that you can help, a little child you can say something to, you know, and that's what Blind Eye, the organization that I form right now, that is what I'm doing right now. I'm always thinking of ways that I want to make the world a better place. I want people to live good lives. I can't save the world, but I'm I'm going to damn sure try. <laughs> I'm going to try to I save see. and help as many people as I can because I want to share what I got. It's no big. It's not no secret. It ain't. This is bigger than me. And what I tell people, this is bigger than me. God planted this seed in my head. I got to do this. I'm just a vessel. But I can't keep this all to myself. It ain't nothing to keep to myself. I want to share. I want everybody to do good if they can. But know that it's not again going to fall out the sky. You got to get out and you got to work it. If you go home and lay on the couch every day and you know, and everybody ain't meant to be an entrepreneur, but it's something in you, whether it's that promotion on your job, you know, it's something else that you can do. You don't have to be without. You don't have to think. You got to think positive. You got to look outside even on a cloudy day and see some goodness in that day and say, this is a good day. This is a great day that God has made instead of thinking negative. And that's what I want to teach people, that if I did it, from homeless, not with just myself, I'm talking about not not one child, two children, four children, and a, a really terrible person. You know, if it was one piece of chicken, that person was eating that chicken from the little children. Mm. So, like I said, you know, if I can do it, they can do it. And I know people can do it. They just got to be serious about what they want to do and how bad they want to do it. Because one plus one ain't never equal to Three, and nothing from nothing equals nothing, you know? So mm-hmm. it's how yeah. bad a person, you know, want want to do better. Okay. Now, it's the determination and, and your will, but what about your yes. faith? How, how important was your faith to you being able to just get through, move forward, and, and continue to move up? My faith is so, oh, my God. I just always know in my mind, my faith is where I know things will happen. You know, I believe and I know. Um, I believe, you know, I believe in the good Lord. That's my belief, you know, and I'm not putting that on nobody else, but that's what I believe. And I just, faith, my faith is so great that I know that things will, will happen. It will happen. I don't believe that things are impossible, but I don't believe in four-leaf clover. you know. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that things are possible, things can happen. I don't believe that things, I believe that anything that you really, really want bad enough, and if you want to work for it, I believe you can have anything in this world that you desire. And even if you don't get everything that you desire, you know what? You might get close to it, so why not try? All right, all right. Now, okay, you have... You have this amazing, amazing um, story, and it's still ongoing. How are you going to be able to lead this, this story, this legacy for others to hear? I mean, it, it's amazing. Are you going to write your memoirs, or are you going to do a, a, a mini documentary or a yes, movie? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to do a memoir, and I'm also I'm, I'm looking at a movie. 
uh, I'm going to leave my legacy, and that's that's what I want to do, and, and whatever's in God's will. You know, my thing is you ask about my faith. You know what I do? I, I say whatever's God's will for Katrina Walker to do, I let his will be done. I let his, you know what? He doesn't need my help. So, yes, I do have a book coming out. And from there, a movie, and I just want to just, I, I, I really believe that this thing is going to be so great. It's going to be so big. That's my vision. That the world is going to hear about it. They're going to know about it. They're going to love it. And it's going to help so many people, so many people. I don't want people walking around with their head down, my young mothers. I don't want, hold your head up. And see, the thing that they're going to love about it is because I have walked those shoes. I'm not reading this from a book. This is the truth. I live this. And it makes a difference when you walk those shoes. And I'm willing to. I don't have no shame. I don't. What am I ashamed of? I'm going to help somebody. I'm not keeping this to myself. I want to help somebody know that those shoes you're in, you're not alone. I walk those shoes. But you know what? It can get better. And it makes a difference when somebody's telling you something that has actually been through it. No one can tell me how it feels to lose a mother if they haven't really lost, if their mother is still living. You understand what I'm saying? If you walk yes. those shoes, if you walk those shoes, I can tell you what it's like to be beat down. I can tell you what it's like for your husband not to come home until daylight. I can tell you what it's like for women to call your house. I can tell you what it's like to be hungry, to wonder what your children are going to eat. I can tell you what it's like. For your little kids to want, or you want your child to be able to just go on something simple as a vacation. I can tell you what it's like to try to figure out what they're going to get when they wake up on Christmas morning. I can tell you what it's like to be in a dark, to be sitting over somebody's house and knowing they're ready for you to go and you're wondering what are you going to tell them that you don't have lights. I can tell you what it's like. I can tell you what it's like. Now, how important is forgiveness in, in your in your life as well as in your success? Forgiveness, and that's why I say to people, you know, unless somebody's just beating you down and just has chiseled around at your brain, yes, communication is the key. I don't say just leave nobody. It's just, you know, some misunderstanding. It's got to be crucial. But if you can sit down and talk to somebody, that's a great thing. And, yes, my God is a forgiving God. He'll forgive us of, he'll forgive us of anything, you know. But, yes, I do forgive. I do forgive. I forgive. And you know something? I can't do nothing. Like I said, when I was 19, a young teenage mother, I can't live that life again. Or 20, I won't ever see those days again. So you have to go forward. Forget about the past, the bad things. You live in the moment and go forward. Don't worry about that stuff back there. Mm -hmm. You go forward, think positive, and just go forward. Keep that thing going. Forward. Don't worry about the stuff in the back. And and do forgive. You got to let it go. Let it go and keep it moving. You don't keep that junk. Okay, that's that's that is great because I say that all the time. You. you know, just Thank gotta you. keep it moving. You're welcome. Keep just it gotta, moving. Yes, keep it moving. Um, now, when when you are making decisions um, in regards to the things that you want to do, do you sit down and think about? Like, let's just say you decided you want to um, open, go into another venture or open another business. When you're doing this, do you think about the needs of the people you can serve, or do you just think about, this is a great idea? You know what? When I do things 
I think about the people that I can serve, the people that's, that is going to benefit, that is going to help, you know, especially to change the world, to change people, you know, thinking, I think about helping others. In my life, that's what it's all about, helping others. Katrina's fine. It's about Katrina helping others, and especially people that want to be helped. You know, some people don't want no help, but folks that want to be helped, you know, and it's about the little children, and that has always been me. I've always loved little children and old people. Don't forget our old people. (laughs) Don't forget our old people. Don't forget the babies. They're our future. Yes, indeed. Now, when what does Katrina Walker do on her downtime? Are you constantly, you know, um, and you know, just monitoring and, and and watching over your businesses? Are you spending a lot of time, you know, with your family? How does all that work, and how do you remain so successful with all those things? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> just keeping it real. Um... You know, my children, I have a very close relationship with my children, and uh, I speak. I have three daughters and a son, and I speak to my girls. I speak to my son, you know. Uh, I have grandchildren. I'm always, you know, there. I don't know how I do so much, but it's amazing. You know, God allowed me to do that. Uh, As far as my downtime, to me lately, I've just really been working a lot, but the things I enjoy, I enjoy reading, you know, so Late at night, maybe I pick up a book and maybe read a little bit. But most of the time, you know, I'm working or trying to figure out some some way of helping, you know, others. I like to I like to see people happy. I do. If somebody's telling me something and I just want to do something to make them happy, you know, I mm-hmm. do. I really do. You know, my mother was a little bitty lady, right? She's so skinny. I don't know if you knew Granny on the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Yes. So yes, she used to yes. always get up like at 5 o'clock in the morning to start cooking. But she never ate nothing herself. So she just cooked and have all this food and all these people always come over and eat, right? So one day I asked her, I said, Mama, you know, why do you always cook so much? She said, you know what? She said, look like food, make people happy. You know, so Mm. she enjoyed just watching people, you know, being able to just eat and be happy. And I think I got that from her. I love, if I could just, if somebody tell me something before I know it, I just want to just, you know, change it will make them happy. I just really want people to be happy and accomplish things. I do. I really, I, I don't want people to suffer. You know, I saw my grandmother do it, and I said, I got to break this generational curse, you know, too. That's another mm-hmm. thing that I saw as a kid coming coming up. I would see my grandmother sitting on the side of her bed, and I can just see her now, vision her now. It looked like her back was always turned, and she was a little bitty lady, too, but her back was always turned, and what she was doing was always, you know, it looked like she was always trying to count up pennies and, 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 and resting out cans and, 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 and all that kind of stuff, and, and I said, oh, my God, you know, it's got to be better than this. Grandma ain't supposed to muddy her. That's what we call it. She ain't got to do this. She shouldn't have. So, you know, it's always been in my mind to do better because I know that we all can have a good life. It ain't always about all the money. It's an armor truck. Never follow nobody to the cemetery. But, you know, if people want a better life and they want to have money or better things, you know, I can show them the blueprint of having a better life or not, or just not being without, you know, or being hungry. Because, again, I was homeless. It don't get no lower than that. I was homeless and went to being a self-made millionaire. That is that is a testimony in itself. It is. Yes. Thank you. Now, 
You're welcome. You're also a motivational teacher, speaker. What I do is I don't call myself a motivational speaker. I call myself a motivator. And the reason why I say that, I always said I'd never be this lady, this lady up on the house, the guy where she came from, sitting up on a hill. I would never be her. I'm a motivator, meaning that when I talk to people, I connect with them. I'm that lady that's in the kitchen, you know, that grandma in the kitchen that you can talk to, that you can trust, that you can talk to, and she's going to tell you the truth. You know, I'm a motivator. I look at, look at you eye to eye. We're going to connect with each other, you know. It's not going to be this stuck-up woman up somewhere that's sitting up so high that she don't forget where she came from. So I'm a motivator. I motivate people philanthropists to make their lives, I want them to make their lives and help them to make their lives better, you know. I want them to really listen to what I'm trying to say. I want to teach people how to manage, how to save, about CDs, about savings, you know, and know where every dollar that they send out, when they spend, I don't care if they got $5, I want them to know, know where your dollars are going. You know, don't have some man sitting somewhere getting a dollar. I don't care if it's a late fee. Pay yourself. You work hard for that money. Don't just give it away. That's what I want. Now, do you think it's important for people to always give back to the community? Because some people become successful and they turn a blind eye, as you say. I think it's important. You know, I, I think that you can only, you know, personally, you know, you can give to whatever cause that you'd like to give to. But I think it's important. I think that you can only buy so many shoes and possibly. That's just me. I mean, that's how I feel. Or so many cars or so many houses or so much property. You know, I don't, you know, you have to just give all your stuff away, but what's wrong with giving something back? Why, what's wrong with blessing someone or helping someone, you know? I mean, I mean, or telling somebody some way, if you don't want to give them a fish, teach them how to fish. Why would you share that? You know, yes, it's, it's a good thing, and it makes you feel good to be able to give back, you know? We used to call it being free heart, and, and that's how okay. I was. So free hearted, you know, when you walk in my house and okay, you like those lamps, but then you have to know too when to say no too as well. But yes, I think that it's a good thing to be able to help someone or to give back if you got all these riches, you know. But you figure out and find out what cause you want to give to. But it's always mm-hmm. nice to give back. It is. That's that's good to know because I always say the object of the exercise of this life is to be able to help somebody. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Yes. Now, now, when you're doing your, you're being a motivator, how do you go about that? How can people find you? Where are you located? When do you have time? I mean, you have so many things going on. How do you fit that into your schedule? Uh, well, actually, they can go to social media and just kind of like follow me, which is the mm-hmm. Katrina Walker. And it all goes together. I'm the sweet Katrina, not the hurricane, okay? <laughs> so they go to the, T-H-E, Katrina, spelled the same way, K-A-T-R-I-N-A, Walker, and it's all together. They can go to my Facebook or Instagram, Miss Katrina Walker, or they can also go to Miss Trina Walker, and they can follow me that way. And also the book will be coming out. Okay. Now for the movie, who would you like to play you? I'm curious. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> who do you think? After mm. listening to me, who do you think? Oh, you're you're very you're very dynamic. <laughs> Let's oh. see, a dynamic <laughs> actress who's <laughs> tiny, 
Okay, there are. We don't want anybody tall. I think Angela Bassett might be good. Oh, wow. That would be an honor. Yes. Oh, wow. I love that. I yeah, love I that. Think, I know, think she would be good. Wow. I'm going to keep that in mind, and you keep that, and you pray. Let's pray about that together, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> Where there's two or more we have in church, so let's pray for that one, okay? <laughs> you got that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Now, the, um, the, the question that I want to ask, what advice would you give to it's I guess it's a threefold question. What advice would you give to young women who are young and they have children and they're single parents? What advice would you give to them? I would tell them that they can they can make it. Um these single young moms, uh, they can make it um for a matter of fact, my youngest daughter, um, she's running her own business. And you know what? Mama didn't give her the money to do it. You know, I had to get her to fend for herself and just follow my steps, you know, just starting off slow. And it's like I said, it's not always about a business, but, you know, take advantage of child care and take advantage of if you're young, you know, you just got to manage your time wisely and figure out what you want to do, whether or not you're going to school. I know you got to work and feed the children, you know, as well. But just sit down and put it on paper on how you're going to do that. You know, and just start off just a little at a time. Know where every dollar, you know which money you got coming in, and you write that down. Know what you want to do. Just start off slow. And every day you cheer for yourself on every accomplishment. Even if there's a cloudy day, just know you're going to get through that smoke. But as young mothers, you're young, number one. Number one, you're young and you're looking at those little children and you want something better for them, and you just, number one, you write down, you come up with a system, and you live as as cheap as possible, as comfortable as possible, but you learn how to, like a squirrel, put those those nuts over there, put those, put whatever extra you have. You may not have nothing extra, but come up with a plan. Take advantage. If you can go to school, like I say, and you can still work, and you can still work part-time or whatever, you can figure out a way, just start thinking about you got to put it on paper on what you're going to do. you got to come up with a plan and just know that it'll happen. It will happen. You just start off small and you'll gradually, you know, you're going you're gonna to graduate. <laughs> you're going to go up, you know. There's no way possible that something's going to happen. You know, that nothing's mm-hmm. going to happen by something, you know. So I say to that young mother, you know, they can do it. My daughter, like I mentioned, I had to teach her. Her name is Amber. And she's, she got to get out here and figure it out. She's a single mom. She has a daughter. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I always know that mama, and my mom ain't always around. She can't hold me no seat. I had to figure it out, you know? So my children, I want them to know, you know, that you all got to figure it out as well, you know? And we are living in America, so you can get out here and it can happen. You know, it's no pity part. It's no feeling sorry. You got to look at those little children and know that hey, I'm gonna come up with with me a plan. You know, I don't have, I don't get but five hundred dollars a month. But here in Tennessee, where I'm living at, you know, I can find a place for, and it'll be safe for my baby. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can take advantage of this. You know, for the child care. You know, they have different programs. As for school and everything, just find out, do your homework, and it'll work out. 
Okay, great. Now, for the the woman who is in a really bad relationship, what advice would you give to her? Other than and get when out. you say a bad relationship, are you speaking on an abusive, an abusive relationship where she is really being tormented emotionally, physically, mentally? Go get out, get out, get out. I, I say get out. Do not stay around. You know because it could be so bad that you may not be around. You may be laying in a coffin. You know, and maybe it sounds drastic, but it's the truth. Don't stay. Do not stay in a bad relationship where it's domestic violence. And especially, you know, I could say, well, that person could get some help. Well, leave and let them get some help and see, you know. But don't stay around if somebody's mentally, physically beating you up, fighting you, belittling you. Get away. Go. I'm not going to say stay. No, don't stay. You got to go. You got to go if somebody's beating you. I mean, no woman, and even if it's a man, but I know women are not strong enough to beat up a man, you know? I mean, we're not made, you know, I, I mean, I know I can't beat up a man, so if a man hauls off and hit me or pick up something and hit me and keep hitting me in the wrong place, I mean, eventually something bad is going to happen. And and, and sometimes when it's in a situation like that, it don't get any better. It gets worse. More time it might stop start as a slap. The next time it may be something else. And the next time it could be even worse. So go. Get away. Okay. Love don't hurt. It don't hurt. Okay. Now what would you say to the woman who is older and she wants to do she wants to be able to have her own and create her own destiny for herself? What recommendation would you have for her? I say if your health is good, if your health is good, look, age ain't nothing but a number. That's it. It ain't even about age no more. It ain't about excuses either. Don't use your age as an excuse. Just keep it moving. You can do anything you want to do. These days and time, it's not about age. People are they're living longer if they're healthy. And like, again, when I mention choices, it's also on the food that we eat, you know, and how we take care of our bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. So when we eat, we got to know that, okay, I can eat all this cake if I want to and become a diabetic, or I can choose me some vegetables. And even if you're already that way, you can always change. If you already got some bad health issues. But, yes, it does not matter about age. Age is only a number. If you're pretty healthy or whatever, you can still get out there and do what you want to do. It does not matter. You look at all the people that's out here now, and they're older, and they're still working. And they're still making money. For a matter of fact, I think Donald Trump has been talking about all the money that he's made and he's still making. So, you know, people can, I mean, and and they may not make the kind of money that he's making, but it doesn't, but my point is it does not matter about your age. Age is truly a number. It's a state of mind. It's your state of mind. Okay. That is excellent. And what would you say, I'm slipping one more in, what would you say to these young, these, I I say the young people nowadays have so many opportunities available to them via technology. What would you say to them? 
12? Yeah, I, what would you say to them? They have, you know, all this technology available to them. What would you, what advice would you give to them about taking advantage of what's available to them? I say to young people, please, education is the key. Take advantage of it. Take advantage. Knowledge is something people will never, ever be able to take away from you. Get your butts in school if you can. Take advantage of all this technology and different new ways of life, you know, and, you know, Go to school. Learn as much as you can learn. Educate yourself. That's what I say to young people. All right. Now, what would you say to what was you what would you say to yourself, knowing what you know now, to your younger self if you had an opportunity? You know, I mean, I learned a lot. I still, I'm taking it, and even though all the horrible things and the bad things that we talked about that happened to me, mm-hmm. it still was a learning lesson for me where I can teach others. But if I could do it all over again, you know, would I stay in a bad relationship or marriage or with any bad person around me? No, because I, that's that's what I would change, my decision-making on the choice that I made to stay around for all those years, those number of years, you know. You know, I, the advice that I'm giving others, I would have taken it myself, you know, all those years, you know, of mm-hmm. just giving someone all those years, you know. But, you know, I learned from, you know, it turned mm-hmm. into a good thing, even though it was so bad. It turned into mm-hmm. something good because, you know, I learned. But, you know, when I think back, you know, I was always an entrepreneur, even as a, a eight-year-old and a nine-year-old. You know, I always thought different at the age of five, you know, when everybody else was just playing and doing these other things. You know, my mind was always thinking about, I think I was just, well, I know I was just born to do what I do, you know. So, yes, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't stay in a bad, horrible place with terrible people, you know. Mm-hmm. i keep it moving. Okay. And I am going to say this is just my Observation. I believe that God has a plan for all of our lives, each and every one of us. Yes. And and we, when we are younger, we are not influenced by the outside world. We're just influenced by ourselves. We move based on His wisdom and knowledge when we're kids. Then we right. get inf- infiltrated with what the world has to say as we get older, and we st- kind of like steer away from the plan and the goal he has for our lives but somewhere along the line he steps in again and he puts us back on track to where he wants us to be yes and i think that is what your story is about sticking you know staying on track Mm -hmm. getting back to your destiny the planet that it was set for you yes yes absolutely and that's one thing that i speak on that like I say again, is that we all have a purpose. We all have a story, you know. And what I want people, I want to pull out of them, what's your story? What's your gift? We all have one. I look at people, and that's what I do. I study people, and I see that, you know, we all have a gift. We're all so unique, you know. And we're and we're so so many times people walk around, and young women, especially I've seen young ladies walk around with their head down, young men as well. And I'm like, hold your head up. Just say a kind word to people. Mm-hmm. A kind a kind word goes a long way. It does. <laughs> okay. Now, I have to tell you, 
I've really enjoyed this conversation that we're having. It, it, thank you. Just, you. This is amazing. And I would love to have you back whenever you want to come back. Oh, I mean, thank you so much. Thank oh, you. I'd welcome. love to come back. Oh, I would <laughs> love that. And I hope that. your fans, I hope the fans that are listening, I hope that they learn something from it because, you know, like I say, again, when I lay down, I just want to know that I've helped somebody and I would love to come back. Oh, great. Thank you. I can tell you that you have helped somebody. You've helped me. Because oh, I, thank you. <laughs> I was taking notes and writing things down. Because wow. <laughs> wow. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. That's yes. crazy. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you. It was so nice talking to you, and thanks for having me. Oh, it was a pleasure and an honor, and I, I wish you continued success. And when the book comes out, I am going to get the book and read it and <laughs> okay, have you back. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a million here, okay? Okay, yes. <laughs> you Bye. have a good night. Thank you. And you so too, every- you do the same, and your, and your fans too as well. Okay, great. Everyone, that Bye. was the amazing Katrina Walker. She joined us tonight to share her story, her life, her testimony, and she gave us keys, keys that we could use to open the doors to our own personal success. She didn't sugarcoat anything by telling you to wait it out when you're in a bad situation. She told you, frankly, get out. If it ain't right, and if you're being hurt, you must go. But she also said that you must follow your dreams, write it down on paper, follow your destiny, and go with what is pulling you at your heart, what's tugging at you. That's the direction you're supposed to go in. As I always say before I end the show, follow your dreams, not somebody else's, because they will have you doing things that's not for you. You have to know what works for you. You have to go in that direction. You have to be good to yourself. You have to take care of yourself. And always know that you'll be blessed. So God bless you and have a wonderful evening. Goodbye. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one-upping itself. Most reliable based on Root's metric U.S. report. Results vary. Not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. 